honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com and also brought to you by the Oddman Media Network. Here are your hosts, Paladino Joey and Marcus the Forecaster. Logan Timberwolves fans, are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Great to be on board once again today. The regular season is over, and well, <laughs> we were hearing for an extended period of time, at least the last couple of weeks, that, well, Mildoon would be retained and he would take care of free agency and the draft. And we'll go from there with Sam Mitchell. Anything could happen, this and that. But most people out there believe that Glenn Taylor is the type. He just kind of sticks with the comfort zone and such. And that Sam Mitchell would be back. Maybe three-year extension. Mill Noon would probably hang on as the as the general manager. Maybe promoted to president of basketball operations. That type of thing. Maybe you bring in somebody to work under Mill Newton. That type of deal. You know. You know how that works. Like how Mill Newton came to work under Flip Saunders. Well, as of last night, the... Uh, Regular season came to an end. The Wolves slaughtered the Pelicans, all that good stuff, making a trillion shots. Just a fun little kind of a uh, going away party for a few months here. And then immediately after the game, even though there are rumors swirling during the day that the Wolves will be <laughs> conducting a professional search outside of the organization, organization as they say in the NHL, uh, for president of basketball operations and coach. But, you know, don't rule out Sam Mitchell and Mill Newton, this, that. No. Uh, no. <laughs> Immediately after the game, Sam Mitchell, relieved of his duties as head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Well, that's it. Uh, regardless, if you liked him, didn't like him, it is what it is, right? I mean, it is what it is. Sam Mitchell, you kind of got the vibe for the longest time. He didn't really have high hopes that he was going to get the job. He kind of figured, well, you know, like the whole year he was talking about how a lot of times, uh, you know, the first coach in like a, a young group of stars, so to speak, future stars, isn't the guy that kind of finishes things. That kind of that kind of takes the team forward. He's just the starter, basically. I forget the exact terminology that he used. It was much better than what I just said. I just said it at like fourth, fourth grade level, and he said it at, you know, you know, college, college level. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I apologize for that. I forget how I worded it. Didn't really want to go dig up a podcast right now, because you got to get this show out, like a different podcast from a from a different show completely, um, but basically, yeah, he's not the, uh, usually the first coach is not the one that sees the whole plan out, that's basically, basically what he said, paraphrasing, and uh, well, yeah, he'd been kind of saying that all year, and that he'd done a, he'd done a, he thought he'd done a good job, but it doesn't mean he's going to be brought back, you know, they haven't told him they're going to bring him back, and he won't be brought back, uh, nope. You never know. He may come back as an assistant at some point. I mean, Sidney Lowe was a, was a head coach of the Timberwolves. Came back as an assistant under Flip Saunders. Left to be a head coach of the Memphis, excuse me, Vancouver Grizzlies at the time. And eventually came back as an assistant coach again under Flip Saunders. And then many, many, many years later, after Flip was gone and stuff, and then came back and all that, uh, many years later when Flip came back again to be a coach, after he'd been president for a year, he's still president, of course, then Sidney Lowe was brought back again. So it was like through... How, how many different uh, cycles was it? Sidney Lowe was an assistant under Jimmy Rogers. So that's one. Then he was head coach, two. Then he left for that. Came back as an assistant under Flip. That's three. <laughs> it's unbelievable, isn't it? Uh, and then he became head coach of Vancouver. 
And then he came back under Flip again. That's four. And then, many years later, ten years after Flip was fired and the coaching staff, whatever, and all that, after, I believe, yeah, Sidney Lowe stayed under Whitman for a little while, but I, I think he went with Flip to Detroit, actually, now that I look at it more uh, accurately. And then Sidney came back a fifth time with Flip Saunders in 2013, 2014, pardon me, to be uh, to be uh, assistant coach under Flip. So that's five stays under Sidney Lowe. So anything can happen. I'm not sure Sam Mitchell's the type that would be okay with that, but who knows? I, I, li- I really like Sam as an assistant coach, and I thought he brought a lot of intelligent basketball to this team. Um, starting out the season, it was a mess, but what do you expect? I mean, it's a substitute teacher taking over a bunch of kids. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't mean to say, make it sound rude or like they're a bunch of little juveniles. Well, in basketball terms, they are. Sorry. <laughs> you know, you're starting out, and of course, the circumstances were unthinkable. You know, I don't need to go over what the circumstances were anymore because I think you know, right? I think it's been run over over and over and over again. It's kind of almost disrespectful running over it as much as some of us do, including myself. Um, but it is what it is. Sam Mitchell's gone. Milton Newton, most likely, uh, who knows? Maybe may, may be brought back in the role that he was under Flip Saunders or something like that, assistant general manager even. Who, who knows, which would be actually a demotion. Whereas uh, he was general manager under Flip, and then Flip was the president of basketball. To me, this says the immediate, the immediate, <clears throat> the immediate uh, change after the game tells me something's going on. Something is like close, legitimate. The candidates, and I'll talk about the games a little bit, but this kind of should be the top story and kind of getting things going. I might not really hardly go over the games because this is like the most important side of the Timberwolves. I mean, you're going into the most important offseason in the history of the team. And now you're bringing in new new president of basketball, a new head coach. Kind of similar to when uh, Mikhail was kind of hanging on, and then we ended up bringing in David Bleep and Con, and that all went ape bleep. But that time we screwed around and waited and waited and waited, and then David Con took over sometime mid to late May, which is almost no time to prepare for the, for the draft, and then it happened. I mean, the stuff happened that happened that we don't want to get into anymore because we just don't. We did get a point guard out of it who's the starting point guard of the team, and that's nice. Nice passer, nice fit for a bunch of athletes and, and scorers and, you know, even some shooters as well. So he's a good point guard for this team, regardless of if he's like Damian Lillard level or anything in the, in the scoring department, which is not the case. <laughs> like the Northern Cal guy is Damian Lillard-like. In fact, he's kind of a little better. Damn it. And I like Damian Lillard a lot, by the way. Sidetracking again, aren't I? But obviously, there's got to be something in place. Something very serious has to be very close. The names floated out there, and they're not really floated out there. They're kind of obvious. It seems like, it seems like the the biggest name of all is uh, obviously Tom Thibodeau, former head coach of the Chicago Bulls, and the whole rumors and such that he was ran the players into the ground and this and that. Maybe he did. I mean, things did not end well in Chicago for Tom Thibodeau. But look at the Bulls this year with our guy, our guy, our chosen one, our baby Jesus as a head coach. You know, they called used to call Joe Maurer the baby Jesus because they're making fun of the whole, how everybody was so like enamored with him and the number one pick for the Twins and stuff. But our, but the Timberwolves version of that as head coach was Freddie Hoiberg. Fred, Freddie, the mayor Hoiberg out of Iowa, Iowa City, all that. Uh, Fred Hoiberg was the vice president of basketball operations under David Kahn and he was damn fantastic. He was the guy that actually was was good when given that opportunity to be the vice president of operations. He was a good uh, assistant general manager under Kevin McHale. 
it looked like he had a lot of potential to be a good uh, guy to run a, run a team in that sense. And he ran Iowa State well because when you're the head coach of a college team, you're the general manager as well. You're the president of basketball, basically, <laughs> for the college team when you're the head coach. His telling evaluation was fantastic. His coaching was good, but they seemed to always falter in the tournament. Then you go to the Chicago Bulls, gets paid pretty well, nice four-year contract, and they miss the playoffs. So, not quite the same uh, as for Derrick Rose, all that. Derrick Rose's injury, was it Timodeau overworking him or was it just a freak accident? Probably just a freak accident, but it may have a little bit to do with it. Joe Kim Noah always hurt. Jimmy Butler, you know, was hurt this year. It was the worst year ever for the Bulls. Just everything went wrong, so to speak, and Hoiberg was in question. They seemed to, they acted like he wasn't wasn't uh, tough enough on the players. Like Jimmy Butler was complaining about him. So, I think he's in trouble and that's too bad. Um... I'm kind of going all over the place here, but uh, it's the situation with Tom Thibodeau, ultimately. Is he too much of a hothead to run an organization? That's what I'm afraid of. He can coach. We know that. He's a fantastic defensive coach in this league. He he guided the Bulls to a 60-win season. They went to the East Finals and got beat by the Miami Heat in five games. Mm -hmm. The Miami Heat in five games in 2012. The Heat were on a mission that year, and they crushed everybody. Oh, no, 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 no. What am I talking about? That was 2011. My bad. I'm, I'm, all going, I'm already going backwards here. Sorry. 2011, the Bulls got beaten five games, and that was when Derrick Rose was healthy, pre-ACL. That was when Derrick Rose was MVP of the league, and they got beat by the Heat in five games, and then the Heat ended up getting beaten six by the Dallas Mavericks. So that does make you wonder. The Bulls had home court advantage. They had the most viable player, and they got beaten five games to a team that wasn't ready to win a championship. Hmm. So it does kind of make you wonder. It does beg it does beg the question. Is Tom Thibodeau really as good as people want to say? I mean, of course, you, you could question anybody, of course. I mean, uh, things didn't go well with Flip in Detroit. Regular season was great, but they never got over the hump. You know, stuff like that. And of course, this is not dissing Flip Saunders. It's just merely talking about what took place in Detroit. So please do not think... I am insulting a, a man who was literally the Yoda of this franchise, even though it was a, a short time later on. The, the second stint was short, was a short-lived, unfortunately. Um, I just keep screwing myself with the <laughs> getting sad like that. So, uh, But Tom Thibodeau, I'm not sure I want him as president of basketball operations. It might end up being a fantastic move, and if that is the move, I will support it in terms of it's my club, and he is a. He's obviously a, he's had some success. His defense is fantastic, and this team needs defense like it needs to breathe. But is he too much of a hothead to actually run an organization? Maybe, maybe not. So I, I would not make him my number one choice. He's number two, number three, something like that. I would not be against bringing Fred Hoiberg back as something, possibly head coach or as president of basketball operations. But again, he also is not my number one choice. Scott Brooks, Scotty Brooks, he was Scotty Brooks as a player, was a Timberwolf many years ago, point guard, backup point guard, he used to get lots of little steals, quick little guy, only about six feet, couldn't dunk, he tried to, but he couldn't, 5'11", six-footish, spicy little son of a gun, I always liked him as a Timberwolf, went on to the Rockets for a little while, got a ring there, as a deep reserve there, unfortunately for him, because there were so many good guards on that team, imagine that, right? Clutch City, that's all they did was hit threes, but no, that's not all they did, (laughs) but they hit a lot of threes. They hit a lot of threes. They were a, I, I like their brand of basketball more than the current, uh, you know, team out there. 
<laughs> that shoots a lot of threes. Uh, but uh, yeah, Scott Brooks is a is a possibility for head coach. I obviously I don't think he's got any stake in being a president of basketball operations, but possibly say it. I mean, maybe you bring in Tom Thibodeau, but he has say on what goes on. Maybe, but he's not the final say. Would he agree with that? Who knows? Scotty Brooks, maybe he'd have some Scotty Brooks. See, there you go. See, he'd have some say on it, but obviously he's not president of basketball operations. Not sure he's my choice either because he had a hell of a team there in Oklahoma City and they got throttled by the Heat. He got outcoached pretty badly in that final series. So, and ever since, they just they couldn't go over the hump. They couldn't beat the Spurs the second time they got to the conference finals. I'm not all in on Scott Brooks, necessarily. Not necessarily. The guy that I endorse as as president of basketball operations and head coach, or just president of basketball operations, even more importantly, the face of the franchise, so to speak, in terms of the guy running the team, the guy at the press conferences, the guy making the draft choices, the final scene in the draft choices anyway, and the free agency, all that, is a guy I think has an immense amount of talent and knowledge, pedigree, yeah, and, and that guy's name is Jeff Van Gundy. Uh, obviously a close friend of Flip Saunders. They talked about him coaching this team, but he didn't want to step on Flip's toes. He didn't want to, you know, didn't want to tarnish a relationship that was so strong. And I think it was the same thing with Tom Izzo also in the past. They didn't want to tarnish their relationship because stuff happens. When you're the president of basketball operations and your good buddy is the head coach, things can change. Kevin McHale and Flip Saunders, things changed, didn't they? They were very, very, very close. Things always change when you're in a, uh, 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 you're the boss, maybe you're the boss and the other guy's the head coach type of thing. Look at me, you know, I mean, heck, me and Marcus had some squabbles. We were like best friends, man. But we had some squabbles because we were doing a show together and sometimes he's not answering the phone, this and that. It can damage a, it can damage a friendship. Now, we're still fine and everything, but it it can damage things. It can screw things up. You start, you have fights that you wouldn't have had, that type of thing. Sometimes you don't speak for a long time, and that's not good. Things things go sour sometimes. Um, and that's what that's what the fear was with Jeff Van Gundy, uh, from Jeff Van Gundy, coming to coach this team. Flip really wanted him on board, really wanted him. Um, and I don't blame him. Wonderful success, particularly with the New York Knicks, taking a team to the NBA Finals. When they had no business going to the finals. I mean, that's impressive what they were able to accomplish with the Knicks, with Jeff Van Gundy. Uh, that team overachieved under Jeff Van Gundy. The Houston Rockets did not overachieve, but they still were very good under Van Gundy. But he had a point guard who was a human, he was a human headache. You have the human highlight film, and then you have the human headache. And unfortunately, his uh, lifestyle went way downhill after he, reached, after he was out of basketball. That guy's name is Steve Francis. Um, there was a reason why his... Play went from all-star level to barely able to suit up. I mean, unfortunately, he got deep into drugs, uh, and, and that's a huge shame. Um, huge shame what happened with Steve Francis. Uh, God bless him. Hope he's able to come out of it and better his life now. And it, it sucks to see that happen. Uh, but clearly, the guy was just a headache out there as a player, and Jeff Van Gundy got out of basketball because of guys like Steve Francis. Uh, Yao Ming was frustrated of Yao and they all get out, too. You could see it on his face on a regular basis. Um, so, Jeff Van Gundy's success, I'm not going to judge it with the way things turned out in Houston uh, as much as I would judge it with the Knicks. I thought it was fantastic. And obviously, his knowledge of the game, his passion for the game, uh, is, is unbelievable, and so many times you see a guy coming from, you know, the ESPNs and such, who've been a head coach in the past, like a Flip Saunders, 
come back and they do a great job. Uh, T- ESPN or TNT. Look at Steve Kerr. <laughs> Just look at Steve Kerr. I mean, what, what more can I say there? He wasn't a good he wasn't a good president of basketball operations, but he wasn't ready when he was hired as president of basketball operations for the Suns. I mean, it was like right out of the gate he was president of basketball operations before he'd even like he'd be barely even gotten out of the league at that point. So he was not ready for that. But uh, Van Gundy, I think, is very ready to be a president of basketball basketball operations. He's he's definitely a veteran who's paid his dues for many, many years in this league, as was Flip Saunders. About, about the same age, believe it or not. They're about the same generation there. In fact, they are. Um, you could kind of call them young baby boomers, basically. <laughs> They're still baby boomers, but like a younger, yeah, generation of it. The younger half of it or so. Um, none of that is necessarily relevant to how good he's going to be, but his knowledge, his experience to me, his pedigree is relevant to him being a president of basketball operations. His personality is also relevant to being president of basketball operations. One of the knocks on on, on Sam Mitchell obviously was very difficult with the media and such. You don't have to be a great guy with the media to be a great coach. (laughs) I mean, it got so bad, it got good with uh, Mr. Popovich, but obviously he was such a good coach, it didn't matter as much. And now it's just more of a fun entertainment thing, right? I think Popovich is is, a, is, is cool as hell, you know? <laughs> Years ago, I thought he was the biggest asshole ever, but he's cool as hell. I mean, how can you not like uh, Popovich? So he's a guy who had fun with the whole being snide with the media and such. Sam Mitchell kind of went too far with it. Then he got better. Then he went back and forth, this and that. Um, and I'm kind of bouncing everywhere, and I apologize, but it's a very opinionated show here for what's going on. I mean, it's the most important thing ever. But uh, the personality of Sam Mitchell, maybe not what a lot of fans want and such compared to what Flip Saunders was able to bring. I think Jeff Van Gundy can can bring uh, some similarities to what Flip Saunders brought. Similar personality, similar uh, knowledge of the game, this and that. I have a lot of trust in Jeff Van Gundy to run this organization. Does that mean he's going to come back and, and run an organization? Who knows, but... I don't know. Uh, how could he resist the chance to be the guy to run a team with Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, Ricky Rubio? You really can't lose, <laughs> I, I don't think. Uh, I don't think you can lose with that. As long as you, as long as you ha- have the pedigree to be in that position to run that team, why not? And that's why a lot of these guys are knocking on the door a bit. Tom Thibodeau, I'm pretty sure, has been knocking on the door. There's no proof of that. But the conversations have been taking place, and the conversations have been taking place with Jeff Van Gundy behind the scenes, and I think they've at least had a brief chit-chat with Scotty, Scotty slash Scott Brooks, and there's others out there. Tom Izzo, uh, Tim, yeah, the other Tom, Tom Izzo has probably had conversations, back-channel conversations a bit as well. Uh, there's others out there, unnamed at this point. David Blatt's probably a possibility. Uh, there's just, there's others out there. Fred Hoiberg is probably a possibility. Uh, will the Bulls give the Wolves the Wolves and Bulls give position? <laughs> will they give the Wolves permission to talk to Fred Hoiberg? I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I don't think they're happy with what took place with Fred there. Would I want Fred here? I wouldn't be disappointed too much. It's it's frustrating to see what took place at Chicago, but maybe he's just not a match with that team. Uh, but maybe who is a match with the Chicago Bulls at this point? I don't know. Maybe David Blatt. <laughs> I, I know. I have no idea who's going to match with that team. Maybe Phil Jackson. That's about it. But Phil's even so old now. Who knows? <laughs> I, can't, I can't take anymore. I'm going crazy. And I apologize for this. Uh, 
fascinating situation. I mean, can you tell I'm excited, actually? And there were a lot of you out there, Flip's Army on Facebook, that were kind of pissed off about it. I know Michelle was pissed off about it. Uh, she was saying how Glenn Taylor was a heartless ass. I don't know if she wants me to read that or not, but I'm sure she doesn't mind. I don't even know if she's li- a, a listener or not. I know she has listened at some point and liked the show, which is great to know. Um, but I, I can't get mad about it because how many of us, particularly us older Timberwolves fans, regardless, I mean, uh, regardless of your age and all that, because I, I know that conversation has gotten bl- blown out of proportion on, on a different page out there. Uh, but regardless if you're young or old, but some of us, particularly older fans, we're like, you know, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. You want to bring in the right. You you want you don't want to just go status quo here unless you're convinced that Sam Mitchell and Mill Noon are, are absolutely up to the job and they're fantastic. Because how can you turn down a Van Gundy, a Thibodeau, maybe even a Scott Brooks, which I'm not as high on. I mean, I <laughs> Sam Mitchell might be as good as Scott Brooks, to be quite honest. So that's why I'm not as high on him. Um or others out there. Maybe David Blatt's better than some of us think. That type of thing. Uh, a lot of us do believe David Blatt actually is a decent coach. Um, but <laughs> the, the whole Garnett-Tyron Lue thing, that's a joke, but that won't happen. The Cavs already gave Tyron Lue an extension, so I doubt they're going to go back on that at, uh, right out of the gate like that. But uh, how can you ignore the chance to bring in some huge name, like uh, executive slash coach out there, to run this organization, hopefully in the right direction, rather than just kind of stay status quo and hope for the best. Um, that may have hurt the Oklahoma City Thunder. It may have hurt them by just sticking with uh, Scott Brooks as long as they did. It just may have. And uh, many teams have done that in the past where they just kind of stick with the same guy. And sometimes you get lucky like Miami did, and maybe the guy was actually better than some of us thought. So, uh, Eric Spolster, I've been like blanking on that name for a long time, but now Eric Spolster wouldn't, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing him coaching this team either, to be honest. Um, but at the same time, he's not Thibodeau, he's not Van Gundy per se. At the end of the day, Jeff Van Gundy to me is the guy that should run this organization as far as I'm concerned. I think he's the best man for the job. Absolutely. I think he's the closest thing to Flip Saunders in terms of all the above, all the above experience, ability, personality, everything would be a great, great face of this franchise as far as I'm concerned. So with that said, should I go over the games very briefly? Very briefly. <laughs> and then we could get to segment two. We'll talk about the playoffs basically there. And uh, yeah, yeah, a couple of California teams a little bit. One guy and one California team and the other California team in general. Mm. Yeah, well, I let, yeah. <laughs> the Minnesota Timberwolves beat the Portland Trailblazers 106-105. Uh, Damian Lillard's late game flop did not uh, cost the Wolves that one. Wonderful performance by the Wolves. And of course, Andrew Wiggins played well against the Blazers like I expected. I'm going to try to keep this brief because I don't want this to drag too much longer. It's already about what segment number one usually is. Wiggins with 23 points in the game. Towns was absolutely fantastic. Rubio with 10 assists. Belitza was awesome. Uh, Catch and shoot. Catch and shoot. Nemanja Belitza. Just loved him. Shabazz Muhammad. And Andrew Wiggins' field goal percentage, nothing sharp. Really, nobody's field goal percentage was too spectacular in the game, except for Carl, who was really damn good the whole way. 13 of 20 from the floor. And, of course, Belitza also. Showing that he could... Showing that he does belong on this team going into the future. And that's pretty cool. Uh, Monday, April the 11th. This is another game that probably hurt Sam Mitchell. And the talk was that the game back on... Back at the end of March there, where the Wolves lost by 20 to the Clippers, and it felt like 40... 
that's one of the things that cost Sam Mitchell the job because there were a lot of these sleeper games that made you wonder, did this team just quit on the guy or what the hell the problem was? You, you just can't have games like that. It's bullcrap. And this is another one. April 11th, 129, 105. And yes, that's regulation, of course, because, yeah, look at them. 129 points against this dog of a team. Yeah, they somehow made the playoffs and this helped them. And then another guy scoring 60 last night helped uh, the Jazz miss the playoffs. <laughs> another guy. We'll talk about that very briefly later. Harden was fantastic. 34 points, 5 of 7 from three-point range. Tore up the Wolves the whole night. Trevor Ariza, I, I just love that guy. He had 29, 21 points. He reminds me of Robert Ori so much. He reminds me of Ori. I mean, he's not necessarily clutching the playoffs yet, but maybe he will be. And he wasn't terrible either. Josh Smith only shot threes, and he made half of them. And it did the Wolves in pretty badly. The uh, Houston Rockets made 15 of 30 from three-point range. Of course, you know what percentage that is. That would be 50%. Unbelievable. And the Wolves couldn't couldn't buy a three-pointer half the game. Uh, Levine was good from three-point range. Everyone else pretty much sucked, to be quite honest. Towns, only 6 of 15 from the floor. Wiggins, just, here we go again. Well, there you go again, Andrew. And, yeah, he pretty much was benched in the game. Tyus Jones, well, I don't even know why I'm looking at him. Uh, Belitza was fantastic again. Another double-double, 14 rebounds in the game. He's a pretty good rebounder, isn't he? And this isn't the first time. He's had, like, 12 rebounds, 11 rebounds, 10 rebounds here and there. Nice rebounder. Nice backup power forward. And, of course, can be a stretch three, hitting those long-range uh, shots. With uh, the old catch-and-shoot, like I've talked about a million times, but overall, a horse bleep game. And again, that really did hurt Sam Mitchell's uh, cause. The uh, New Orleans Pelicans are a team that I think should also be looking for a new head coach. They hired the wrong guy. This is why, right here, this offseason is so bleeping important. The New Orleans Pelicans... Have the have the brow, Anthony Davis, and they have other nice players to go along with him, including in, 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 including a holiday guys like that. Their future isn't necessarily as bright as the Wolves, but it's not not bad at all. They got they got promise. They looked so strong last year, and they really tangled with those Warriors in the first round. Thirty and fifty two, and the Wolves just smoked the living bleep out of them because they quit and they're done. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if this, this is their way of saying bring in someone else, please. 144-109, franchise record, 144 points scored in regulation. I mean, we went Golden State Warriors on the New Orleans Pelicans. 144-109, just, just torch that live in. Just, just lit a fire on this team like you never saw. Were we winning one for Sam? Were they subconsciously thinking, oh, we're going to, Sam Mitchell's not going to be back, so we better give him all, all we can, or was it a win for Flip? I, I don't know. Shabazz Muhammad, just unbelievable, making everything. 12 of 16, driving to the basket, hitting mid-range shots. Wiggins hit some beautiful shots of course, oh, during the course of the game. Levine, little trigger-happy from three-point range, but eh. <laughs> he still shot 50% from the floor. Towns was remarkable. Eh, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of competition for Carl without Anthony in there. But uh, Anthony Davis, that is, not Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> the, uh, but Carl was just downright fantastic. Uh, 28 and 14 in the game. Big block by Carl along the way. Jeng had a beauty on our old buddy Dante Cunningham. Just a sweet block. Absolutely fantastic. The Kemi Mutombo style. Not in my house. You know, that whole thing. Tyus Jones had 12 assists. Well, doggone. That's pretty awesome. Daggone, as ben, Benjamin Matlock would say. <laughs> daggone. 12 assists for Tyus Jones. Well, that's because guys are making their shots, though, right? <laughs> 65% from the floor, that's all. 
Just 65. I mean, it was a it was a going away party, and it was a lot of fun. And Adrian Payne still only got six minutes on the floor. Poor guy. Damian Rudez only got got about nine minutes and didn't even attempt a shot. Come on, I I feel bad about that. Tayshawn Prince didn't see a second, and I say happy trails, Tayshawn. Um, maybe he can be an assistant coach for this team, or just kind of ride the pine. But uh, you don't want to see him play anymore. Uh, the Yes, the Pelicans were completely banged up and nobody played, but we had fun. Why not? No Norris Cole, lower back injury. Drew Holiday Wright, interior orbital wall fracture, which I still don't know what the heck that is, but it's probably very important. Anthony Davis out with injury as well. Terry Givens out. Eric, Go- Eric Golden out as well. So it's kind of like just have fun out there. And the Wolves had fun and they wiped out a team that I think should be looking for a new head coach. Alvin Gentry, you have a defensive you have an athletic, defensive-minded team, and you bring in Alvin Gentry. No defense, Alvin Gentry. What the hell is wrong with you, New Orleans? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, there was a Jeff Van Gundy possibility, but maybe he, they didn't offer him the amount of uh, 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 control that he would have wanted, along with Thomas Tom Thibodeau. But, uh, well, too bad. I mean, too bad. You gave, Now there are options for us. Please, let's not try to do an Elvin Gentry thing again, guys. Uh, <laughs> Elvin Gentry, uh, God bless you. He could be the nicest guy in the world, and I think he's one of the nicest guys out there. You guys just aren't serious. I'm sorry. Uh, he did a good job with the Suns, but the Suns were more of an offensive-minded team when he was the head coach. He did a good job there. Not great, but good. New Orleans Pelicans and Elvin Gentry, that doesn't match. I'm sorry, that just does not match. Doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make doesn't make any sense. Like Marius the forecaster would say. No. Um, okay, so that's it. Lone Wolf Award for this episode. And yeah. Well <laughs> the Lone Wolf Award for this one is gonna be Carl. Carl Anthony Towns was, was very strong against the Blazers and nobody played well against Houston. So except for Belicha, Bialita. I'm gonna make him a co Lone Wolf Award because he, he just you know, he, he deserves a nice hand, nice strong finish of the season. You deserve a nice hand. Honorable mention for Lone Wolf Award, but I'm going to give the Lone Wolf for, to Carl Anthony Towns. He's got a lot of them this year, doesn't he? Hmm. And as for the what do they call it? The Johnny Flynn Memorial. <sighs> it's just going to go to the team for that Houston game. Garbage. Um, that's about it. I, I don't want to pile on Sam Mitchell at all. I, I liked a lot of the intricacies he brought, the intricacies he brought to this team. The, the 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 lessons he taught these guys I, I really appreciate what he what he brought to this team and I think a lot of them uh, a lot of the players appreciate it as well so God bless Sam Mitchell I'm not saying I'm not just uh, I'm not saying uh, hit the road Jack like we did to David Kahn or, or or Randy Whitman who's also been fired from the Washington uh, Washington Capitals yeah from the Washington Wizards over there. Four and a half years, wow, he lasted a long time there and had a strong season last year, but you knew he was dead when the when they were under 500 the whole season. I mean, there's no way they're going to keep Randy Whitman at that stage. And they're, uh, they're looking at Jeff, uh, they're looking at Thibodeau as well. So, or no, Scott Brooks, I'm bouncing everywhere. They're looking at Scott Brooks. Uh, quite frankly, they can have Scott Brooks as long as we get Jeff or Tom Thibodeau, Jeff Van Gundy or Tom Thibodeau. So, as far as I'm concerned, uh, Brooks is like third or fourth on my list, as far as I'm concerned. So, there you go. Uh, Kevin Ollie was also another possibility, which I'm not even considering at this stage. He's a, I think he's a great college coach. He's still kind of new as, as well. 
I think he can stay with Connecticut right now. I, I think that's what his role is. But we'll just leave that as is. I'm not really ready for Kevin Ollie to coach the Timberwolves. I, I'm just not. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he's a. I don't think that's his uh, thing right now. Maybe later. Uh, but that's where I stand on everything. So there you go. Long first segment. Very intense. Very uh, exciting. I think I maybe bounced around a little too much. And I hope it didn't drive you crazy and bore you to death as well. So with that, we'll stop things and talk about the NBA playoffs. Segment number two and segment number three. Fan Interaction, where you will hear the voice of Tanae Brown. So, who's going to be the new guy to run this team, along with coaching? Who knows? But boy, oh boy, it's going to be a lot of fun to keep up with this for the next month or two, isn't it? Alright, we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number two. Previous segment, well, I'm staring at the playoff bracket right here in front of me. There it is. No Timberwolves games to preview at this stage. And I already talked quite extensively about the head coaches and such. Uh, Wolves will be back in the lottery. They will, uh, well, they're in fifth place in terms of ping pong balls officially. So we'll see what happens with that. So let's go to the Eastern Conference. Let's start at the top. Cleveland Cavaliers versus Detroit Pistons. How is that series going to go? I'll go with the Cavs in five. I think the Cavaliers are primed and ready. They managed to win 57 games this year despite some nasty performances and a certain game where a certain team visited Cleveland and talked about champagne. That kind of ticked me off a little bit and I didn't like the expressions of some of those guys' faces during the course of that one. But, uh, you know, you know, Cleveland kind of played like dogs in that game. And, uh, yeah, Uh, Detroit's a nice, improving team. I saw people talking about how, okay, uh, you know, Stan Van Gundy, you know, president of basketball operations, head coach and everything, but oh, they haven't had any playoff success yet. This is their second year with Stan Van Gundy as president of basketball operations in their first playoff appearance. So why are you talking about playoff success when they, this is only their, you know, this is their first appearance there in in only two years. So relax. I don't know about that one. Uh, Hawks and Celtics. That takes me back to 1988. I don't know. You know, that classic series with Bird and Dominique and everything. And I went to Game 7 and it was the greatest Game 7 ever. So awesome. So unfortunately, the Celtics won. As much as I'm a huge Celtics fan now, I was a, I mean, I was just a gigantic Hawk fan back in the day with Dominique Wilkins. And the Celtics had won so many times and the Hawks had never won. And, you know, I mean, how can you not root for that Hawks team back in the day? The current Hawks team, I love the uniforms. It's a fun team to watch. And then you got Brad Stevens and all that. That series might go to seven games, actually. I wouldn't be surprised if that's a seven-game series <clears throat> in the uh, Eastern Commerce. Both teams went 48-34. and 34. The Boston Celtics won, 30, won, won 48 games. Um, the Celtics have overachieved with Brad Stevens. I think the Hawks have slightly underachieved this season in comparison. I'm going to go with the Celtics in seven games. I think they win game seven on the road, if you can believe that. Uh, maybe six, but I'll go with seven. Toronto and Indiana, that's kind of fun. Number two seed, Toronto Raptors versus Indiana Pacers. The Raptors, well, it's about time Mr. <clears throat> Mr. Dwayne Casey had some playoff success. He, ha- If he has no playoff success this year, he's gone. He's got to go, if that's the case. And God, God bless him. I think he's done a fantastic job. 56 wins, 26 losses, 30 games above 500. The Pacers, though, won 45 games, and it shows how strong the Eastern Conference is now. I mean, the, the 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 Hornets, 48 wins and they're the sixth seed. Remember when we used to look at the Eastern Conference and be like, eh, you can win 37 games and make the playoffs. And that was like just maybe last year. The East is tough, man. 45 wins for the seventh seed, 44 wins for the Pistons, eighth seed. 
That's a, that's a decent team. Years ago, they might have been the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference years ago. Maybe even third. Now they're the eighth. Wow, the East is getting tough again. Hello, 1990s. Hello, late 90s all over again. I mean, the East is tough, man. Toronto has got to win that series. But it's not going to be easy. I mean, the Pacers are, are pretty strong still. Um, but, but you can't name half of their players. That's the sad part. <laughs> Paul George has had an absolutely awesome season, and if they win, it would definitely be because of him. I mean, he's he's looking like a franchise player out there. Just a nice, awesome resurgence for him. I had the Cavs and the Pacers in the conference finals this year. I thought that highly of that team. And guys over on the uh, the crossover podcast, not the court side, but the crossover podcast, trashed the, the Pacers at the beginning of the season. So I think I won that bet a little bit. Seventh seed, but I mean, a 45-win team, yeah, there's a very strong chance they'd be in the Eastern Finals most years, but I guess not this year, necessarily, because the East is freaking strong as hell. My God, four teams got 48 wins. What the hell happened here? A sixth seed and a third seed, 48 and 34. What the hell is that all about? That's kind of goofy, man. Even the Heat won 48 games this year. But I think Toronto in six, and they have to win that series. Or Dwayne Casey is dead. They have to win that series. The Pacers have had playoff success. Toronto has not. So I'm almost going out in good faith that Toronto's finally going to take care of business here. I mean, this is by far their best season ever. Go out there and get it done, Toronto. They need to get to the East Finals as far as I'm concerned. They will win the series in six. Pacers will put up a hell of a fight. You'll see some huge games out of Paul George. That series might even go seven, for all we know. I mean, you're going to see some epic playoff in the first round, finally, in the Eastern Conference. Usually the East in the in the, in the the first round sucks, and oftentimes it really sucks in the West when you got, like, Golden State and freaking Rockets in the first round. That'll be a real tough matchup. Oh, oh, oh. oh no. But uh, uh, Toronto in six in that one. Miami and Charlotte. Miami and Charlotte. How about them Hornets, man? 48 wins on the season. You know, they were like the third seed, but now they're the sixth seed, yet they have the same amount of wins to be the third seed. What the hell? Let's talk about tiebreaker, tiebreaker, uh, uh, <laughs> bullcrap right there. It's just too bad. I mean, you got to win some of those games. I mean, it, it just shows that every game counts. I mean, every single game counts. Some, some nondescript game, you know, in January, you think it's nondescript, yet it's, it's huge, huge for playoff seeding. Unfortunately, Charlotte has to go on the road, but I think they can win. Um, Miami obviously has had lots of playoff success over their careers and stuff over the course of time. But Wade obviously is getting older, this and that. Still a strong season. Hassan Whiteside has really, really emerged as a nice player in this league. Uh, and of course, i got to mention back, backtracking, but Toronto's backcourt, absolutely fantastic. And I think they will be the difference in the Pacers series. Pacers and Raptors series. That'll be a fun one. Uh, Miami and Charlotte's going to be a lot of fun, too. That's another one that I think is going to be, uh, well, I mean, it could go either way. I'm going to go with the Hornets in six games. I'm probably going to be wrong just because. <laughs> but I think the Hornets will advance in the playoffs. I think that that's a strong team. I think they have a lot of talent. I love Kemba Walker. He's a tough son of a biscuit. And Al Jefferson, I don't know why he's coming off the bench in favor of Cody Zeller, but I guess it's just Michael Jordan being Michael Jordan in terms of like, well, we, we, we took Cody Zeller, so you got you, you to gotta play Cody Zeller. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, North Carolina, just yeah, you know they couldn't they couldn't stop Villanova, but we're 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 gonna beat the Heat for sure, you know. But um, that's probably what he's thinking there. I don't know why Bell Jefferson's coming off the bench. That bugs me a little bit. But um, Cody Zeller's got a nice basketball IQ, I suppose. This and that, but that's about it. I'll go with the Hornets and Sticks, believe it or not. Ah, Western Conference. Oh, here we go. The Western Conference, right? Well, at least the top two teams are. The rest of them, the hell with them. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, the top three. Pardon me, Oklahoma. Pardon me. Yeah. Uh, Golden State versus Houston. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't like the Warriors. I don't like their attitude. It has improved, but I, but still, I don't know. I don't like their attitude, but I don't like the Rockets' attitude either. They're basically the same personality, but one's got 73 wins. 73, they did it. Yep, obviously you all know that. They did it, and congratulations. But you're not better than the 96 Bulls. I'm sorry, I will never say that, that they could. They are better than the 96 Bulls. I'll, I'll never say it. Nope. I'm sorry, I think the 96 Bulls would beat them. Not sure they'd sweep them, but I think it would go six or so. Six six games, I think the Bulls would win. 41-41, uh, 40, how did these Houston dog Rockets, how did the dogs make the playoffs? How? I mean, they're not Rockets. They got scrubbed, man. Their launch got scrubbed. And it's going to get scrubbed hardcore against the Warriors. Warriors in four. If the Rockets win a game, shame on the Warriors. Stop screwing around, you know, but then again... When you shoot 99,000 three-pointers, you might miss a couple sometimes. You might have a bad day or two. So that might be way the way the Warriors might lose one. But uh, And the Rockets, uh, yeah, they played like dogs in the West Finals last year after pulling off one of the greatest comebacks in the history of basketball and won that series the way they did. They played like freaking dogs against Golden State last year, and it's not going to be any different. This is just a joke. It's a shame how things can change. And I still won that bet saying Houston was a flop in the Western Conference because... Uh, they have no business being the eighth seed when they were number two last year. No freaking business being number eight. Zero. Um, Clippers and Blazers, that'll be a good one. I don't like the Clippers. Uh, for the longest time, I didn't like the Blazers. At least when they play us, I hate them. But Damian Lillard's freaking awesome. I mean, God, I love him. CJ McCollum is nice, too. In a way, they're similar to the Warriors without some of the, the antics, you know. Uh, but they're not as... Yeah, they're not like three, three, three constantly. I like a lot of the int- I like a lot of the intangibles that Lillard brings to the game. McCollum is so dangerous, so quick, and has such a great future in this league. I think the Blazers can beat the Clippers. I think they can, and doesn't mean they will. But um, that's a series that could go really far. If it goes seven, the Clippers will win. Put it this way, and if it goes six, the Blazers will win. Is one of those kind of things. Like, if the Blazers win the series, they'll win it in six. Clippers would win it in seven if they win. There's no... I don't think the Blazers could win a game seven on the road, where I do think that the uh, the Celtics can win a game seven on the road in, in in Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta's playoff success rate is not something that scares anybody. Uh, Clippers, not not necessarily either, but it is a, it, it's not an easy place to win, necessarily, particularly in a game seven situation. Um... I'm going to go with the Blazers in six. I, I got a feeling about that team, and I think the Clippers are going to be frustrated once again. Um, there, there's just too many, too much kind of, too much of a mess with that team. Uh, you got guys getting older, and you have Blake Griffin being what he is, just just an, an idiot, stuff like that. Um, who knows, maybe somebody might get hurt for all we know. And, and the Clippers get hurt all the time. You know, guys like that, <laughs> a lot of them get hurt. Chris Paul gets hurt a lot. Crawford gets hurt sometimes. Jordan sometimes. And obviously Griffin all the time. That type of deal. Griffin obviously isn't even going to show up in that one. So good for him. Uh, I think the Blazers will win that series in six. Spurs versus Memphis Grizzlies, 67-15. and 15. The same record as the Golden State Warriors last year, who were by far the best team in basketball. It's just one of those weird seasons uh, where a team has a historic record. Yes, I'm respecting the history. I don't have to like them. I'm not a fan of that team. A lot of people didn't like the 96 Bulls either back in 1996. I was here. I know. And you know what? 
Did I diss them? Did I mock them? Did I call them ignorant? Did I say they don't know anything about basketball? No, I didn't. So those of you that are saying that, those of you is particularly in Golden State, Golden State, in the Bay. It's not, there's no such thing as Golden State. <laughs> Over there in the San Francisco, Oakland area, shut the hell up. Seriously. You guys are so childish. Grow up! The way they act makes me sick. I can't stand them. The, the trolls over there. They think you don't know anything about basketball because I didn't play in the NBA. What? Or I didn't play basketball? I didn't play... I never picked up a basketball? You don't think I picked up a basketball in my life before? You don't think I played competitively? You don't think I played, uh, you know, uh, what's the word, recreationally, like about a trillion times? Literally. You don't think I've won pretty impressive like games too? One-on-one battles, 21, light, whatever, not lightning, but, you know, (laughs) but competitive games and recreational games. You don't think I've won competitively in my life? You just, you just judge me because of how I look. You don't think I can play? Wow. Grow up, man. I'm sorry. That was about, that was about eight, nine, 15 people in some post. I don't know. I don't even want to go in it anymore, but it was just the biggest bullshit ever. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, hope you enjoyed that. No, I'm just, <laughs> but no, I mean, that, it, it, it's a fan base that is really annoying. I mean, they annoy the hell out of me. You know what? Congratulations on your team playing well, but act a little more, you know, just, just, just act respectively, please. I mean, I, I, if the Wolves go on and win 70 games at some point, they have a fantastic season. Do you think I'm going to be trashing anybody that doesn't like the Wolves? I might be a little annoyed with it, but I'm not going to mock them. I'm not going to tell them you never picked up a basketball. What the hell is that? How, how do you know? How? Just because I wear glasses? I mean, okay, right. Just because I wear glasses. With that said, Warriors will win, uh, excuse me, Spurs will sweep the Grizzlies. Uh, the Grizzlies don't look very good. Um... They, they, they had been a tough matchup for the Spurs in the past, but they've been injury-riddled. Uh, it's just not their year at all. Um, we'll take Dave Yeager. That's another name I didn't even mention. Dave Yeager, I wouldn't mind having him, say, if he was uh, the coach and maybe Jeff Van Gundy's president of basketball, if you want to go that direction, unless Van Gundy has to be the coach. Or maybe maybe it's Hoiberg and, and Yeager. It's kind of maybe an odd, odd duo, but maybe it's a really good one, secretly, for all we know. It might be. Maybe. Though those of you out there maybe be like, how's that any better than Milton Sam? Well, I think it could be better. <laughs> I think it could be. Dave Yeager did a pretty good job. Thunder versus Mavericks. I think the Thunder win that series at five. I think the Thunder are going to have some success here in the playoffs. And it's going to be a really dangerous battle for the Spurs in the second round. Uh, Spurs will probably win that series. But at the same time, at the same time, Oklahoma is going to give them the fight of their life. I feel bad for that team, and I really like Billy Donovan. I think I think he was an upgrade over Scott Brooks, So, which does continue my argument that Scott Brooks should not be the number one on the list for the Timberwolves. I don't think so. I, I think you can do better, and the Thunder, I think, did better. Uh, Donovan isn't the greatest coach in the history of mankind, but he's a, he's a, he's a good coach. The Thunder, uh, the Thunder uh, you know, I mean, guys can't stay healthy, consistency, this and that. It's kind of a mess. I mean, Durant and Westbrook, I'm not sure what's going to happen with those guys. And it's kind of it's kind of a shame. And obviously, Harden did what he did. He moved on. He, yeah, scoring went way up. But, I mean, mm. <laughs> they haven't done much, have they? I mean, they had a little success last year, and they did nothing with it. They just threw it down the toilet. Good job, Houston. Great. So there you go. There's your first-round playoff predictions. They're just predictions. I think the Spurs still could upset the Warriors in the West Finals. 
possibly, and it wouldn't be the biggest upset ever because the Spurs are, have a 67-win team. They're the only team that can do it, though. I mean, if anybody's going to beat the Warriors this year, it's the Spurs. And if, obviously, the Spurs get or the Spurs can't beat the Warriors, no one will. Then Cavs will be that sacrificial lamb, or maybe the Raptors, for all we know, will be the sacrificial lamb in the finals. And it just is what it is. Uh, put it this way, if somebody from the East wins the championship, you, know, you deserve an immense amount of respect. Unbelievable. And maybe they will, because the Carolina Panthers did not win the Super Bowl. The Denver Bleedman Broncos did, which would be like a Toronto Raptors type of team right there. Maybe even a Cleveland type of team picking up a, a superstar who's a veteran now, that type of thing. <laughs> it, it would be something weird like that, like a, a defensive-minded Raptors team or, you know, that type of deal. The Peyton Manning thing, but then again, LeBron's better than Manning at this stage of their careers. Whatever. It, it is what it is. It would be a hell of a upset if it took place. With that said, let's get out of here from segment number number two. Come back for fan interaction. The first voice you'll hear is Tanae Brown, and then we'll get some more conversation about the coach, GM, all that, well, president of basketball operations in segment number three. Down, Joey. Uh, just sort of weighing on the whole coaching thing. Um, I'm pretty keen if we can get in Thibodeau. He's an awesome coach. Um, the thing that I'd love to see out of the team is just getting that defense better and better. We've got so much athleticism on the team that there's no point, uh, there's no way that we should be as poor defensively as we were this year. Uh, they started the season out alright, but then it just turned to a shambles. Um, we got an awesome rim protector in Cat. He's, what was he, top five in uh, shooting percentage around the rim. So surely he'd be able to do wonders with the team. Um, Jeff Van Gundy, I'd be in on him as well. Um, even if he's doing both jobs, that'd be awesome. But, yeah, first option for me is definitely Thibodeau. Um, him and Cat, I reckon they'd get on like a house on fire. And... I reckon he'll build that spark in Wiggins that's just going to make him take his game to the next level next season. Uh, if we can get him, I'll be one happy man. I'll be flying over for the um, first playoffs appearance for the Wolves in, what is it, 12 years? It'll be 12 years then. Uh, cheers, Joey. Have a good one, mate. Hey, thank you so much, Tanae. Great, great call. I um, really, really loved it. Keep keep them covered, buddy. Uh, yeah, well, you motivated me to open that window. It's, it was kind of warm in here, and it's getting really nice and warm now. Springtime, it's that magical week in April that happens every year where it goes from, like, 40 degrees or something to, like, 70. And, and of course, that's Fahrenheit over in over uh, Australia and New Zealand. And today's from New Zealand. They, they usually have the temperature in Celsius. So I forget exactly what that was. Uh, maybe it would be, like, 20, 30 Celsius, something like that, about 20 to 20 some degrees Celsius ish. Uh, so yeah, oh, that feels so good. That wind, that breeze coming in here. <laughs> so yeah, because I could hear he was outside there. Um, yeah, Thibodeau. Um, and to be honest, I do think just this is just a hunch, just a hunch. I think he's the number one guy on the Timberwolves board at this stage. 
but I could be very wrong. And the whole rumors of uh, if Jeff Van Gundy comes back, it would be president and, and uh, uh, president and coach. It wouldn't just be one or the other, uh, so to speak. That could be the possibility that that's a sign that Jeff Van Gundy is coming. But it, to me, it seems like Thibodeau might be the number one guy for this team uh, in terms of that's who they're looking at. My number one guy is Jeff Van Gundy, like I've said. But Thibodeau's number two. And, you know, my fear is just how the, he, he could be a hothead and such. That's that, those are my fears. But that the, it's just my paranoia because of what's gone on with this franchise for so long. I mean, there's a reason we've missed the playoffs for 12 years. Just poor decision-making bad luck, this and that. I mean, a lot of things went wrong over the course of time. So, of course, you got this this psychological complex like, oh, it's going to go wrong again. Here we go again. That type of deal. But even thinking about, you know, just the way you were talking about Tom Thibodeau and how he would really help Andrew Wiggins and even Towns, when you think about it, too, defensively, and how good, you know, and Gorgie Zhang, you know, defensively. Can you imagine the defense those three could bring to this team and Rubio's defense as well? So, yeah, I mean, just hearing that, just thinking about it, and it's like it was, it was like a reminder of how good his defense is. And you consider the fact uh, that is uh, Thibodeau's specialty, and the fact also that Wiggins was brought into the league initially, thought of as an elite defensive player. He is in his offense ended up being much better than people thought. Carl Anthony Towns thought of as an elite defensive player, and his offense ended up being much better than we thought. You. The offense continues to develop the way it is, and it looks like it will continue to develop as these two guys could be like 25 points a game type of players. I mean, we're talking way up their range, which would be just unbelievable. But then if they also become the elite defenders they're supposed to be to go along with the 25 points a game, (laughs) you look at the, you know, when you go to Target Center and you look up in those rafters, you know, there's a lot of room up there. A lot of room up there. And, uh... (laughs) If things develop in that direction, there might be there uh, ten years from now there might not be a whole lot of room up in those rafters. I mean, th- this team might win multiple championships, and uh, if if that takes place, because we're talking like maybe the two two to five best players in all of basketball in that case. Oh, and by the way, you got Zach Levine continue developing the catch and shoot and such. That's where Sam Mitchell kind of helped him develop that. I I, I truly believe that. Um, last year, Levine was just wild and raw. And at the start of this season, the first half or so of the year, he was kind of like that as well. You saw the athleticism and, and you saw that he has a nice shooting form and such, but it wasn't being executed to the level it could be. Uh, Levine was taking dumb shots and such. And he still does sometimes, but when there's a motion, uh, a proper motion and square up to his shot, he can really hit it. Uh, stuff like that. But no, Thibodeau bringing in the defense and such to this franchise that so desperately needs it would be quite a wonderful thing indeed. Uh, and that's the part of opening the window that I don't like. That damn noise. There's always some loud engine whatever going by. But it is what it is, eh? Eh? <laughs> yep, so you'd also like Jeff Van Gundy. Uh, I, I take it he's number two on your board, yeah? Um, but uh, that would be... Uh, I mean, that that's still my number one guy. But at the same time, again, if Thibodeau is the guy, you don't think I'm not going to be pumped up beyond belief? <laughs> I'm not going to be mad. I'm just paranoid. So don't don't take it the wrong way. It's like, oh, no, not Thibodeau. No, 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 no. I'm just paranoid, which I'm sure most Timberwolves fans are, especially ones that have been watching this team for, you know, that have been watching this team since Flip first was here. You know, just all the things that were going so well that ended up going a different direction. We're talking, you know, circa 95, 96, all the way to today. So many things that took place over the course of the last 20 years. Damn, that drove me crazy. 
drove me crazy. Um, and I should mention really quick, of course, I'm a big fan of the Courtside Podcast, a big supporter of it, and they've been big supporters of Timberwolves Explosion. Vince Germano uh, is the, uh, the <laughs> Vince Germano, the co-host, Hank McCoy, the alpha dog. You're going to hear from them as well very shortly here. i got to congratulate Vince Germano, though, on that crazy finish by Kobe Bryant. I mean, yes, he attempted 50 shots. <laughs> 50 shots in the game. 50. But he got 60 points, and that finish was something of the ages. And they knocked the Jazz out of the playoffs officially. They just they knocked him down. The Jazz didn't make it. So they officially knocked him out. Uh, if they weren't already officially knocked out, um, they buried him. And Kobe with 60 points in his final game. And, you know, the young, cocky kid that I didn't like years ago, I, I, I didn't see that in him anymore. And I think years from now, uh, Steph Curry's personality will will mature and he'll be better he has matured from what he was just four or five years ago when I thought you know there's a cockiness to him that debugs me but it's not as bad as I say Kobe's was probably earlier in his career but it's not there anymore I, I, I like the way he talks now I like the way he presents himself and the way he addressed the fans last night after that game I kind of got a little teary eyed man and I, I have to admit it as much as I used to not like Kobe, you know, it's a, it's really, it's really sad to see him go. It's, it's the end of an era. I mean, we're talking '96, and when you go back as far as '96, it's really something else, man. And uh, God bless Kobe Bryant and that pretty cool finish in Staples Center last night. Very cool. And again, congratulations to the Golden State Warriors as well. Congratulations, indeedy, indeedy. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Thought I'm getting some kind of. Hmm, don't know what I'm getting. Thought I was getting some kind of like some kind of important tweet. Oh, here we go. Ah, John Krasinski. He says Wolves' official release is definitive. Sam Mitchell relieved of coaching duties. Search begins for new coach. Well, that was last night. Come on, that's ten thirty. What the hell? <laughs> but yeah, AP uh, John Krasinski. Love that guy. That guy's uh, our local uh, superstar from uh, Yahoo. Yep, gotta love him. Uh no comments. What the hell? I can't believe it. Oh yeah, there's comments. Of course there is. Uh, we'll step back. We'll go from the Facebook page here now. Now that I've got my Kobe statement out of the way, I probably went a little bit directions, and maybe some of you might be annoyed with a little bit talking about Curry cockiness. I'm, I apologize if it annoys you, but I don't know. I mean, it's a radio show. I'm gonna. I, I gotta. I'm here to state an opinion, whether people like it or not. Some agree, some don't. That's what radio is. It's about discussion. I'm not just talking and saying screw you. You know, you can talk to me too. Uh, now talking uh, now we're le- leaving off from episode 170 where we talked about the gold diggers because the wolves were gold diggers boy we, we went into golden state and actually beat a 73 win club we we you know the timberwolves were one of the nine losses on the warriors record i mean just just sit back and think about it i mean that's awesome that's awesome the timberwolves back in 95 96 when you had garnett weren't even close weren't even close to beating that 96 bulls team i got to tell you <laughs> Uh, the Wolves didn't beat that team until 98 when there was no Scotty Pippen and some idiot called uh, some idiot somehow reached Michael Jordan, somebody connected to him saying his mom was in the hospital, which was a lie just to distract him and scare him. I mean, you saw this horrified look on Michael's face on the court. He was distracted. So that was kind of cheap what took place there. So, But anyhow, Hank McCoy talking about episode 177. Am I going to get mad listening to this week's show, Joey? LOL. I said, I hope not, but there's always a possibility. And why did it go away? Why? I hate you, Facebook. Now, by the way, to get there, it's facebook.com forward slash Tim Rules Explosion. Facebook.com forward slash Tim Rules Explosion. 
Joseph Phillips out of Australia says, fair enough on Zach Charity. I'm not on Twitter, so I had to look up what you said about the charity. Oh, about the car, about the car, pardon me. He says, you are right. It makes you wonder what to think. Hopefully it was genuine. Yeah, I don't like when young, rich athletes whatever have to show us their car. It's, who cares? Your car, it's none of my business and I don't care. Like, seriously, don't, I don't want to know. Honestly, I mean, stop showing off. I think I think that's kind of silly, yeah. Um, and then I posted that Sam Mitchell and Mill Noon won't return next season, but unfortunately at the time, because I was in a hurry posting it, for some strange reason I'm not understanding, the post uh, said, uh, the post said Sarah Mitchell. Somehow it changed it to Sarah Mitchell. Give me one second. I'm going to close it. No, never mind. It's quiet now. <laughs> I was about to go get up and close the door. I can't take that noise, man. Annoying. Uh, but yep, then it's changed to Sam Mitchell. Tanae was teasing me, saying, who's Sarah Mitchell? And a stupid spell check. Tanae said, ha ha, I thought it must have been someone in the front office or like a phys- physio. <laughs> oh, today you're funny. Vince Grabato says, you guys have to land a proven coach. No more of Sam Mitchell types or Randy Whitman types. You got to land a Thibs or Van Gundy and make them the GM and coach. Yes, and luckily Glenn Taylor, somebody got to Glenn Taylor and told him, you got to go big here. You got to get a big fish. And man, thank God that racket stopped. God, that was annoying. I'm, I hope it wasn't too loud for you out there. Um, I'm just too selfish. I got to cool off in this hot place, this warming up place anyway. Um, but yes, uh, somebody got to Sam Mitchell and obviously the Dan Barreros and such across the world or across of the world and of local Twin Cities here. I've been saying that for a while. You can't just sit with the status quo. You got to go big here. This is an opportunity of a lifetime for this franchise. Seize it. Seize the moment. So, we'll get to the visitor posts here. How many of them? I have no idea. Um, okay, we will leave off with... We will leave off with... Yeah, we start with Tanae Brown here. It says, here's a cool video on Cat I thought I'd share with everyone. Uh, it says, Carol Anthony Towns, the best three-name player since Kareem. And that is a great video. I do encourage you to check that out on the Timberwolves Explosion Facebook page. Again, facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. I don't know why I didn't click like on this, but Joseph Phillips had something cool to say on Monday here. I clicked like on it now, Joseph. (laughs) So he says, I have it worked out. Everything that Rubio says Sam Mitchell does the opposite of. See, that might be why. That might be why, partially. He says, it's disappointing for me watching the Houston game. I would have thought the Wolves would have loved to be spoilers, but watching the starters bench for six minutes in the second half and the lack of energy is depressing. Then I see a shot of Sam shaking his head when Prince gets a 24-second violation. Mate, you put him out there, and you can see the players have been instructed to spread the ball and run down the clock. For God knows what expect uh, what, what exact reason. For God knows what exact reason. Yeah, I mean, really. So many open shots, and our bench is passing the ball around way too much. Two points the commentators have made. One. Okay, I got to pause. Hold on. I got to close that. It's annoying. (laughs) Enough! Right? Okay. Yeah, good radio, huh? I had to do it. Ah, God, why couldn't do it? Why every time? Every time, right? Every single time. But, (laughs) you know, it's quaint and everything when you're at home. It's actually kind of relaxing. But on radio, I know. Okay, let's get to what Joseph, Joe Phillips is trying to tell me here. (laughs) That when Sam was asked about if they would match Houston's intensity, he replied, we don't concern ourselves with other teams' intensity. 
Oh, come on, Sam, look at you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Joe continues saying, okay, and the team is down 21 after halftime. Rather than trying to spoil and winning this game like the Lakers did for the Jazz, he is content to stand his ground. Rubio was also interviewed and commented, we have to match their intensity. Ooh, coach and player with different messages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I kind of think Tom Thibodeau would say, match their intensity. Uh, I, Tom Thibodeau is kind of noisy when he talks, like he kind of yells a lot. Yeah, meaning match their intensity, you think so. Yep, so for the Thibodeau supporters out there, which I'm not against you. I just am a Jeff Van Gundy guy, uh, but yeah. Yeah, that would be a Thibodeau thing there. Quote, uh, okay, number two, he says, quote, the consensus seems to be that Sam has done enough to keep the job as coach. I don't know Sam, I don't know Sam as a player. He might have been the best on and on and off the ground guy in the known solar system, but that does not make you a good coach. We need a good coach. I want to end, I want to end with a positive note. We might still have, might still win the game. Likely not, but watching Wiggins dunks, drives, and Zach's transition three is damn beautiful. Yes, those are very, very indeed, very fun to watch. Uh, okay, here we go. And Joseph Phillips, yeah, but David Adelman said the two. Isn't that amazing? He said, we have to match their energy. David Adelman said that. Sam, sounds like the players and assistants have a different game plan than you. Damn. Yeah, and you know what? David Adelman is one of the assistants I would like to be retained. David Adelman was retained from Rick Adelman. I would like him retained from Sam Mitchell as well. I, I like David Adelman a lot. I mean, whenever he goes on PA and he kind of spouts off his knowledge of the game, that guy is, <laughs> you know, he's obviously the son of Rick Adelman. He's Rick Adelman's son. He's maybe about my age. I, I don't know if he's younger, a little older. I, I think he's a little younger, actually. Most likely. He's probably a little bit younger. Rick Adelman is the same age as my mom, actually. So he's similar. He's probably younger from what he looks, but I have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, I like Dave Adelman a lot. That guy's got a lot of knowledge, man. And I'd like to keep him around. I think he's got a nice uh, future in the league. Hank McCoy says, I'm liking what I'm hearing out of the Timberwolves camp heading into next season. As much as I don't want Sam back next season as coach, I think some fans have forgotten the burden they were asked to carry after Flip's death. Newton and Mitchell did a pretty good job overall. Imagine being thrust into a position like that in your own workplace and the amount of red tape you would have to go through to make any moves and keep the team moving forward. As fans, I think it's important to remember that we are exactly that, fans, and really have no idea how the politics work in an NBA front office. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, <laughs> wow, and they were already posted. Wow, I, oh, that was yesterday. Yep, when stuff was starting to percolate, percolate. Yeah, I mean, I think they did do a good job. I mean, they did as good a job as anybody could do in that position. Um, to be quite honest, they really did without being the next, you know, uh, uh, Greg Popovich and um, I can't even bring up a executive name right now, but <laughs> without being without being the next great, like, coach and GM at the... At their positions, uh, to be quite honest. They did a fantastic job. Uh, Dan May says, unless you're Vince, then you know everything. Can't. Whoa, look at this guy. <laughs> Dan, Dan, man, man, look at you. You hater? No, I'm kidding. <sighs> yeah, I mean, they did a fantastic job, I think, uh, ultimately in this situation. But I do agree that you need to bring in um, the bigger name. Yes, you need to bring in a bigger name, uh, more pedigree, and I think Tibbs or Mr. Jeff Van Gundy bring that 
Even uh, Fred Hoiberg, well, he's had more success at the college level, but I did like what he did in the brief stint he had as vice president of basketball operations with the Timberwolves. I've always liked Fred Hoiberg, and I would not mind uh, if it came to him being the guy. It would be quite interesting, though. I'm guessing he's way down the list, and it's Tibbs, Van Gundy, Van Gundy, Tibbs, Tibbs, Van Gundy, Van Gundy, Tibbs, and maybe some other big names that we're not talking about at this moment. I don't think Tom Izzo's going to be the head coach and president of basketball operations for the Timberwolves. I just don't think so. He's been in his position in college basketball forever, and he's about flip stage, about 60-ish. You really think he's going to make that type of change and be good at it at this stage? I mean, I don't know. I, I think he's an unbelievable good college coach and, you know, you know, recruiter, all that. NBA, I, 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 I don't know. Maybe I'm underestimating what he could do at the NBA level, but... It's not easy. You don't just transition necessarily. Uh, Billy Donovan's doing a good job so far, and things got stale over there in Florida. It was just kind of time to move on. I think he's doing a fine job in Oklahoma, and he's got a team that's already ready to go. He's not screwing it up or anything, where this team's still kind of getting started, that type of deal. I don't know. Tanae Brown out of New Zealand, because this just shows dragging a little bit, but I apologize because it's a lot going on. Tanae Brown saying, I'd love to see the Wolves get out and run today, win this to finish the season on a high note. A lot of good things have come out of this season. Surely the team steps up for what is potentially Sam's last game with the Wolves, and oh, they did. They without a doubt still stepped up in a big way, and also Pelicans were done. They were they were just done. They're ready for the, the, the fishing, the fishing, the golfing. And all that good stuff. And the swimming. And I hope not the partying as much as the improving at the game. I say stay away from the parties and get back to the gym. That's why Kobe lasted 20 years in the league and did what he did. That's my point of view as far as I'm concerned. Um, uh, Sadao was saying, I'll, I'll try to get a recording to you tonight, New Zealand time, about my thoughts on the last few games and a coaching situation. And thank you so much, Tanae, for that. Really appreciate that you're able to get that to me. And it worked out perfect because I was thinking of recording anyway. And bam, there it was this morning. Thank you, Tanae. Uh, Joe Phillips saying, a bit late, but congrats to Cat for getting rookie, the rookie scoring record. And yes, he did. He passed uh, Christian Leitner and he earned it. And Leitner was joking about, oh, no, I hope Cat you know, should stub his toe. Or we just say, oh, he's got a sore knee. Sit him out. So he doesn't make it. He was just joking around on Dan Barrero and, Christian Lehner really is impressed with uh, Carl Anthony Towns. He's like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> He's so excited about him. And Thank you, Christian Lehner. Uh, very cool. He won't be doing the loser, 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 loser at the lockers now. He won't be doing that now. <laughs> he, could go to, uh, he could go to the Lakers, I guess, and do that. But wouldn't that be weird? Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, that Wolves team back then was kind of like the Sixers. But okay, Joe Phillips saying... Mark that last game, the score, the obliteration. The pack are coming next season. You can't hide. Cat will take out the rookie award. Yes, they will. Uh, we will probably have a new coach based on today's comments. Thanks for the season, Joey, and the podcast. I hope you keep them coming as things develop over the NBA season break. And take care, mate. Thank you so much, Joe Phillip. I love you. Really appreciate what you had to say there. And it, it feels good knowing that my show is appreciated because on some of those other boards, when they try to question your pedigree as a basketball analyst and you tell them you've been doing a show for eight years, they just laugh at you like it doesn't mean anything. You know what? F them. F them. That's all I got to say. I mean, really, you you don't think that counts. I I think it does. I think it counts for something. And of course, obviously being around the game for as long as I have, I think it counts for something. Uh, To get to Twitter, it's at Wolves Explosion, at Wolves Explosion. And it's mostly... It's really uh, Vince Germano and Tanae retweeting the show. Thank you so much. And Levi Wilson-Brown, which I believe is 
Tanay's brother. That's just my assumption. I don't know if he's younger. I don't know if he's younger or older. But my assumption, Levi Wilson Brown is very close related to Tanay Wilson Brown <laughs> on Twitter. He said uh, he retweeted that I can't believe it. It's so awesome how the Wolves won. That was me saying that I couldn't believe it. Uh, Tanay and Levi both retweeted it, and they uh, Tanay and Vince retweeted. Tim Rolls Explosion, episode 170, Gold Digger. So thank you guys so much. God bless you. Thank you so much for everything. And I want to thank you guys once again for a wonderful NBA season. I'll still be coming back to do some playoff reviews when I can. Reviews, previews, and stuff as much as I can like I do every year. Tim Rolls Explosion is not going anywhere regardless of the weeds that keep popping up and, and big name hosts actually, you know, big, big name regular radio hosts visiting those show, visiting one of those shows which pissed me off when I heard that. But that's what I get, though, for not for working two jobs and not being as available as maybe some other people. That's just how that's just how it goes sometimes. And, uh, well, I, 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 <laughs> having Danae on, having others on, Vince on, and maybe even maybe bringing in a Doogie Wolf, Wolfson sometime wouldn't be a bad idea. Derek James out there from 1500. Steve, Steve uh, McPherson, somebody like that. I should try to get one of them on sometime. Just because, I mean, it's not its not bad for the show. It's healthy for it. It's not necessary, but it, it can just get, bring the show in other avenues, this and such, and maybe open the door to audiences, which is always a, you know, a healthy thing for any show. But uh, it is what it is. Um, if I can't, I can't. And I just want to thank you guys so much for your support of this show. And if you could maybe tell a friend or two about Tim Rolls Explosion, and hopefully, hopefully they like it. And those of you that are able to write a review on iTunes or Stitcher, please do, if you can. If you're able to make the time to write a brief review about Tim Rolls Explosion, maybe a sentence or two. It doesn't have to be a paragraph. You don't have to go, you don't have to analyze and make a big, big book about it. Like, oh, you don't have to, you know, I, I'm not asking you to wear yourself out. Quick little thing, just say you like the show, whatever it is. Give it a nice rating if you could. It would be greatly appreciated. And those of you that have, thank you so much. Uh, in Canada recently, thank you so much for that. It was a perfect review. Just It, it meant everything in the world to me. I mean, it really does. So those, you know, those clowns in uh, the Bay Area that mock the, the fact that I did it, that I'm doing a show. I, I mean, I don't know what their problem is, honestly. I mean, <laughs> I don't think, quite frankly, how about this? This is my final parting shot to them. I don't think if, let's say, if they did a Warriors show, even how good their team is, I don't think their show would get 56,000 listeners like Timberwolves Explosion did in one of the season previews not uh, a couple of years back. I don't think so. 56,000. So in their face, to be quite honest. Just in case, just in case one of them might have checked this show out. Just in case, because they wanted to laugh at me some more. But they probably wouldn't have lasted this long because they're just too good for the show. So <laughs> just thought I'd say that, though. Just a parting shot. Sometimes you gotta you gotta stand up for yourself, and and I just did. So na 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 boo boo, I suppose. I'm not sure any of the other weeds in this town either got that many. I don't think they've ever done it. This show has, uh, and it's had well into the ten thousand several times over the years. Not this year as much because of the weeds, but it is what it is. It is what it is. There have been some strong shows and some not so strong shows, and some weak play by the team. But I think the numbers will go up as the as the uh, fan base continues to grow. That's just how it goes. It's an ebb and flow, just like everything else in life. So thank you so much again for another wonderful regular season. And Timberwolves Explosion is not going anywhere, so sorry to the weeds. I'm gonna, I'm staying. I'm the oak tree, you're the weeds, damn it. I'm staying, and that's it. So take care, everybody. God bless you. And we'll talk to you in a week, two, or three, whatever it is.
especially upon the hiring of the new basketball boss for the Timberwolves. 